Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Life Coaching. This is Noelle here. I once again have an extra special, extra awesome sauce guest with me today, one of our Lumia instructors, Barb Matthias Haynes. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Noelle. Thanks for having me. This is always a pleasure, like just chatting with you and us, like, you know, talking about the world of coaching. It just so, it just gets me all inspired all over again, my friend. I am so glad. And today we're going to take a deep dive into a topic that I know you are intimately familiar with from a coaching perspective, from a life perspective, mindfulness, specifically um, mindfulness in your life, the lives of coaches and at Lumia. Yes. So give us a little bit of a bio beyond our topic at hand. Tell us who you are, where you are in the world, and, and how you show up as a coach in the world. I am Barb, and I um, my mindfulness journey started, gosh, quite some time ago, and it came um, with the onset of my my dad's sickness about 19 years ago, and um, I remember um, just going through just a lot of worry about my dad, and I um, was working in downtown San Francisco, and I remember being in like my Banana Republic suit. That next to um, another gentleman I was working with, we both had our suits and our briefcases. And I had told him that about my struggles about you know my dad and his illness. And so he told me about um, the uh, the Tibetan book of living and dying. And so to be honest, my mindfulness journey started about 19 years ago when I was um, sort of worrying about and and having so much intense thought about the, the health of my father. And that book sort of fundamentally made me uh, change the way I think about just um, mindfulness in general, life and death in general. And, um, and I recall, I remember reading this one passage in that book that said, in between um, every breath, there is a moment when there, we are not breathing. So between each inhale and each exhale, there's a moment we are not breathing. And oh, wow. it's, it was such a profound thought at the time because I was really you know, worried about, you know, the the illness and potential death of my father, that putting myself in that place, even just for that moment between each breath, has had a profound effect on me. Um, The book is meaty. You you can't read it in one sitting, but that was probably where it started. And then from there, um, led to my yoga practice and um, just a lot more mindfulness from that life event. It was a big, big... Thank you for sharing that. As I was listening to you, I took a, a big breath in and out just to have that have that experience. Mm-hmm. And you know, you are not a, a one dimensional human. I know that there are so many other aspects to your life and so many different lives that you have lived. Yes. Are there any of those that you want to call out so our listeners can orient? you know, a little bit of attachment to you. Yes. So um, I was in uh, corporate marketing for over 15 years. 
um, and um, I semi-retired out of corporate marketing at the birth of my third child. So I'm also a mom of three uh, amazing humans. Um, and um, I, uh, so I was in the corporate world. I semi-retired on the birth of my third child and I went into the wellness space. Started with basically personal training and then yoga and ultimately um, realized that I was coaching sort of all this time and then got my formal training coaching through Lumia. So um, it's interesting when I look back on it because really, you know, I, I got the formal training coaching, but if I look all the way back at every single job that I had, I was always coaching. No, it really was. Yeah. Um, I know that to be true. I remember the, f well, we actually talked twice before you joined our program. Yes. I, and I remember talking to you um, specifically the second time I was in my old house where I used to live and it was a beautiful day. I was pacing around the backyard and I remember thinking, wow, this is a human that can't see her own potential. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was definitely sort of a, a sheath um, over my eyes at the time because the other, you know, I've been through so many transitions and I started my journey as, you know, a, a mom that was married. Now I'm a single mom. And so I've been moving through a lot of big transitions. And to be honest, mindfulness has really been the thread that has kept me um, in a place where I can, you know, sort of move through the weeds and see the clarity for all that it is. And it's been, it's been just this really phenomenal tool for me. And so it's been really, really lovely to use the tool that I've been using for myself um, in helping you know, the coaches at Lumia learn about the, the power of mindfulness in their coaching practice. And you've been doing a great job about it. I, I remember um, seeing, I don't remember, because time has started just blending together and warping, but I remember seeing you on the cover of a magazine that said, your name, Bar Mateus, is doing it right. Yes, uh, I was on the co cover of a local magazine here in, in where I live. So I live in Los Angeles. And in my community, I was put on the cover because of just, you know, the impact I've had on the community from my teaching and my coaching and um, being a member of the community of parents around here. And uh, so they highlighted the fact that here I am in my fifth decade. I can't even believe I'm in my fifth decade. And um, just have been lived through a lot of life. And now I'm in a position, and I say this a lot, where I'm now sort of this modern sage, modern elder that can use the experiences that I've lived through, these decades of experience that I've lived to, to, to help others, whether it be mm -hmm. through my coaching practice or through group teaching or through, um, you know, what I do uh, in teaching yoga or meditation. It's a really interesting place to be, um, you know, and it came through a tremendous amount of transition. Yes, yes. And, and we are so lucky to have you as an instructor for Lumia. So the class that you teach for us is mindfulness and coaching, which is so important. I think folks, especially coming into this space of coaching, don't necessarily link mindfulness to key uh, coaching tactics but mm -hmm. it's imperative for self-awareness, which is implicit in the core competency of coaching presence, that we need mindfulness um, in order to become aware, essentially. Can you tell us a little bit about how you approach 
mindfulness from the perspective of training coaches? So, yeah, I, I, I love what you said that, that people don't realize how mindfulness has a big impact. And I have to say, you know, I've been teaching this class for a while and in a parallel path, I was taking the signature course mm. and it became so much clearer after sort of re, you know, looking again through the signature course, how mindfulness is just this running theme throughout everything that, um, you know, that we are looking for in coaches. And um, so what the way I approach the course is I really just try to refocus everybody in on understanding themselves, understanding their own mindfulness as it relates. Because a lot of people come in thinking, oh, you're going to teach us how to meditate. I'm like, well, not exactly. Um, and so uh, what, what comes up a lot is just us understanding our own themes, right? You know, our signature themes, you know, what is going on with us so that when we are in the presence of our client, that we can understand how to suspend it or how to utilize um, our own themes um, to enhance a session. Um, yeah, you mentioned something really important there, which is the use of signature themes. And that's a concept that we teach in Lumia that folks might not be too familiar with. So let, let me unpack signature themes a little bit, and yes. then we can talk about how it works in coaching. So what a signature theme is, is if we're kind of taking a look at the greatest hits of our life from uh, sometimes it's an experience that was, you know, really tremendous, like winning an Olympic medal, or sometimes it's an experience that um, might be more painful, such as uh, a, a relationship with a parent that caused some trauma as a child, an eating disorder, a divorce. And these events, they're called activating events. Those aren't your signature themes in and of themselves. What your signature themes are, are the patterns that emerged from having had those experiences. So for me, one of my signature themes has to do with the activating event of having uh, experienced all sorts of eating disorders. Uh, there was a point in my life where I was anorexic, I was bulimic, I suffered from binge eating disorder, I suffered from body dysmorphia. And the interesting outcome from those eating disorders for me is that I became an overperformer. Mm. That I, the impact on me was that I uh, always tried to show up in a way that made me look or appear smart. And when I was a young coach, this was really showing up for me in the way that I was presenting myself and wanting to talk about um, the brain and brain science and, and neurobiology. And I remember I got some feedback from someone that said, hey, Noel, this is really technical. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that your message is really getting across? And and I had to, you know, and now, you know, almost over a decade later of looking back at the younger version of myself, I just want to give her a huge hug and say, kiddo, you did well, you did fine. You know, you didn't need to project all of that greatness. You're, you're really smart just as you are. And when you speak plainly, it helps people. 
so that's those are how signature themes were. Um, what has the the journey been like for you with signature themes, and what's it been like, you know, working with this stuff as a coach? Yeah, well, it's interesting that you that you you sort of relay your own signature themes. I was thinking about what my own is. And I am certain that mine is around grief and loss. Mm. And at the beginning of grief and loss, it was all about amassing tools like um, working out, yoga, you know, trying to, you know, learn meditation. And, you know, gosh, it's almost 20 years later since, you know, the first loss of my dad. And then I also count um, the loss of my marriage about, you know, uh, in 2017, um, also as sort of cumulative loss. Um, so I've been through a lot of loss over the past 20 years. And on the other end of it, what I learned is the thing that really helped me and that which I try to use for others is that when people go through loss, there's no real support. There's no real vocabulary. People want you to be over loss really fast. Mm. So what I've learned is that the biggest tool or the biggest support for someone who's going through loss is providing a safe space. That's it. And it's this, there's no words that need to be exchanged. It's like allowing, um, allowing to, to, you know, hold someone in not even in um, a physical way, but to hold space for someone else. And, you know, here we are, you know, saying, you know, here the, you know, um, uh, the stages of grief, this, that, and everything. So, I went, I was like you, I read so many books. I <laughs> did so many seminars. I was like obsessed with information about grief and loss. And, and so um, after a while, my brain sort of just kind of went overkill and all that. And then again, at the other end of it, I think the biggest skill that I've acquired um, that is so helpful to me and others is again, this being able to hold space for someone who's going through grief and loss. And that's, that's more powerful than anything. And we don't have a society that supports grief and loss for longer than, you know, the two or three days that you get off at work. Right. <laughs> like, okay, back to work, even though, you know, a major, major event can happen. And so, you know, I created a group um, that in, uh, you know, in, in my work with the TAT Lab, it was just a place where you could speak about your loss and not feel judged by it. Because people feel really judged when you, you talk about loss, because as you know, no one wants, uh, no one likes to sit with somebody else's discomfort. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's a sh- massive part of coaching is, is yes. literally being able to sit with someone else's discomfort. And I think this is a beautiful bridge that we can walk over to link the application of mindfulness to coaching because. Yes discomfort is what it is. It is hella uncomfortable. We're mm-hmm. uncomfortable as coaches when our clients express strong emotion. We're uncomfortable as coaches when our clients are sitting in silence. We're uncomfortable mm-hmm. as coaches when one of our own um, triggers or traumas or biases pops up and we notice it and we're like, oh God, what do I do? And yeah. Ultimately, mindfulness in coaching is about space. It's yes. about giving yourself space and grace. <laughs> and the combination of those two things creates um, little boundaries around your mental 
the rooms in your brain that you need to walk into and out of and either to, to do this in a, in a slow, appropriate way with people. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because um, in, in um, the class that I teach, I do a, um, an interactive exercise on relational mindfulness. Mm. So what we do is we break up into groups of two and um, I have them go through an exercise. So um, in the exercise, I give them a prompt and one person speaks for 90 seconds while the other listens and then they switch and we use a mindfulness technique called stop to sort of cleanse the brain palate, you know, at the start and in between. And the, the biggest thing that everyone finds when you sit and listen for somebody for 90 seconds and you're told not to speak, you just listen, is how much goes on in your brain just in 90 seconds, Noel. Like, oh, yes. Right? Like that's an eternity in your mind. Exactly. And, um, and, but when you really give that awareness and you sit in the presence of that person for 90 seconds, you can get so much information about that person. Feelings are drummed up. Um, you know, you get to get immersed in somebody's experience. Like a lot of times I use the prompt, describe a place that gives you joy. Mm-hmm. And so, you bring, you start to feel this positivity resonance with the other person just from sitting and listening. And a lot of folks tell me that when they're sitting, they want to interject, they want to like add on, they want to nod, they want to do all these things and acknowledge. I said, it's okay, you just sit there for ninety seconds, and when the timer's off, you stop it, and then you switch. And so, what I find, and what I think the the students find, is the power of listening, the power of being in that silence as a coach, because just that piece allows your client to really relay themselves. And it builds this whole, all these feelings of trust and safety. Like if in 90 seconds, each of these students can feel a little closer to each other from an exercise, imagine what a 50 minute session with the coach would be if you use that type of active listening skill. You know, it's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think this brings up a, a really strong point about this work, not only uh, the fact that for coaches who are harnessing this skill in order to be more effective in their work, and for adults, children, teenagers writ large, uh, uh, in society, our attention and our capacity to sit in silence for yeah. 90 seconds and observe is very much under attack. Yes. What we have going on um, is a four-minute maximum attention span for most adults, and it's significantly lower across the board, whether it is an email, a text message, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever dings gives us those little hits of dopamine that are designed to drag our attention away. And Uh so as humans engaging in this practice of mindfulness serves a secondary purpose of taking your brain back and being able to control where you place your attention. Yes. And and it's interesting that you say that because um, I, you know, I found myself like, because there's so many messaging apps coming at me all the time. And so I'm spread across those and, you know, it takes um, real effort. And I'm grateful for times where I have to put my phone away to take a one hour yoga class. This morning, I went for 90 minutes on my stand-up paddleboard with a friend. 
and you know you can't use your phone on the water. So I'm so grateful, and you know we have to insert these practices into our into our daily lives in order to stay mindful. That's also one thing that I say in coaching practice because you know we have to we're also designing actions in this course, and and so you know creating you know some type of mindfulness practice for yourself, and it doesn't have to be anything. Uh, you don't have to sit for 20 minutes in, in meditation. You know, a simple act is noticing the difference between seating, sitting and standing. That's it. That's, that's an act of mindfulness. Walking outside and stopping to watch a butterfly. That's an act of mindfulness. Um, listening to your breath, one hand to the heart, one hand to the belly for literally a moment. That's an act of mindfulness. And, you know, yes, it's great for every day, but goodness, if you're walking into your client meeting and you just went through crazy traffic, it's, it's, it's okay to notice the butterfly on the way in, um, or it's okay to like, you know, have a mantra on your way in because that mindful presence that you have will open the door to, um, you know, really holding that space for your client in a way that, you know, sets your own thoughts aside, lets your own brain stop so that you could be a hundred percent present for your, your client. And I want to share a definition of mindfulness that I, I took from the UCLA Mindfulness, Mindfulness Research, Awareness Research Center because I think it's just so, it really captures what I believe mindfulness is. It says, mindfulness awareness is paying attention to present moment experiences with openness, curiosity, and the willing to be with what is. And I love those three things because goodness, no- Noel, that's coaching. You know? It is. As you were saying that, I was like, well, <laughs> that's coaching. Yes. And I was like, that's incredible. And so, um, so again, like there's, uh, I don't, what's, what's crazy is that coaches don't realize how big mindfulness is as this under underlying, like ground base of coaching, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's so much deeper. And the more I teach this class, the more I, I see the ahas in the, in all the coaches faces because, you know, everyone's like, okay, well, you know, I've got, you know, all these things that I need, I have the, the four, the four criteria that I need to do. And like, how do I get this going? And like, it's like, everybody just take a breath, <laughs> literally, <laughs> because it's going to start with you and your, and, and the comfort level that you have in yourself for this mindful presence. Um, and then, you know, and I see it in you, I see it in all of the coaches that I've, you know, had coaching from, I see it in Bonnie, I see it in Terry. It's like, wow, this is like inspirational in such a different way. And, um, and I, and I, I love teaching it because it's, it is so close to me. Yeah. And, and I tell you, it makes interpersonal engagement, just a joy to work with so many coaches who are skilled in mindful presence and, you know, pulling the, the lens back, um, really to kind of, of look at, at the macro that there is in modern life such frenzy, mm-hmm. such frenzy. When I speak live and I'm demonstrating the impact of dopamine and the reality of frenzy and how guarded we are and possessive of our devices and what they signify in terms of this um, alternate reality we all live in, mm-hmm. I ask people to turn to the person next to them and try to take away their phone. 
I love that. <laughs> the whole room freaks out. Like, pe- like people physically recoil, dive under chairs. <laughs> like it's it's wild, you know, because because the idea of trying to take someone's phone away is crazy, and then the idea that someone's going to take your phone away is crazy, um, mm-hmm. and it just it just draws stark attention to where we are at as a human society. Yeah, it's. Um- it's, it's sad because, um, you know, I used to not, I used to not be so attached to my phone. I remember the days where, you know, it was a, a phone and like, you know, that tape recorder, um, voicemail that we used to have in the house that would lose everything if the power went out. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I think this is a, a, like a place that we can use to pull from empathy for our clients mm-hmm. in thinking about you know, these beautiful human plants that we water and tend to with our coaching contracts and saying, you know, when folks are coming into the space of coaching, they probably dealt with some gnarly traffic. They likely didn't take the time to notice the butterfly. They are spun out about all of the different things surrounding them. And our job as coaches is to, number one, have our own self-management in pretty good shape and number two be able to bring someone else into a space of presence to kind of dump all the life legos out in a calm way and say all right what's there what do we want to build do we need any other toys yes oh i love that i love that so let's let's talk a little bit about um something that you and i both love to talk about which is Lumia. Uh, How has it been for you personally to come into the organization, grow in the organization and go on to become not only um, an instructor in our organization, but one of our business development leads on the corporate side of things? I, um, I, I feel very blessed to have sort of collided with you and John, Noel. Um, and it's funny because, uh, years ago when I was going through a major transition, I remember sort of writing, sort of manifesting the different things that I, that I wanted. And one of the things I said, I wanted to work in a place where I felt like I really belonged and (laughs) don't get me crying again, Noel. This is what we do, Barb. We cry together. (laughs) We cry together. It's pretty much, even though we can't see each other, my eyes are welling up. Um, and, and it's, it's funny because. You know, I know others have this story, but I found John. I did the deep dive. I found Catalyst. Um, I spoke to you. I remember speaking to you in 2017, and that was the moment that I, had, my husband, had just asked for a divorce. It was right mm-hmm. around, then. and so I was really looking for you know a place where I could um, take the coaching that I'd already been doing and just give it sort of more a more formal um, uh, sort of stamp, so to speak. And it became it was so much more than that, Noel. Like I think. What happened um, was that it sounds very cliche, but in 2019, when I when I went through the program, it was it was a lot of you and John because a lot of people were um, you had to sub for a lot of people, and I remember just feeling like every I, like I was riveted to every word, and it was literally life changing, and it put me in this place where I felt like I could stand um, back up on a platform that was. Uh, I'm, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) 
was taken away from me through, you know, the, uh, like a big divorce. And so, um, yeah, it's been like, you know, it's been this, just a beautiful way to, um, you know, find like the platform of just the coaching and, and then the next platform of, you know, being involved with you and John in different coaching ways. And then coming to this space, place of mindfulness has come full circle for me because I have been in the space of mindfulness for like 20 years, Noel. Yeah. And I think I've tapped, truly tapped into it until, you know, utilizing, you know, everything I've learned and then using in the, in, in the coaching, uh, in the coaching scenario with Lumia and then, going to the business development piece, that's always been one of my goals is to bring um, what I've learned in the wellness space, in the coaching space, in this mindfulness space, back to my corporate colleagues. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm on, I'm on the cusp of that. Um, you know, as, as you, I like to do things in a slow burn kind of way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I've just had these building blocks, you know, uh, since, um, you know, meeting you all in 2017. And, um, I just feel everything just feels so solid and everything feels, it feels like I'm in just the right place. I'm, I'm around people like, like-minded people that I just, I just love working with Noel. And you know, this about me, like, I love working with you. I'm excited by you and everyone that's involved in this organization. So it's really been not just a life changer, but sort of a life enhancer, like mm. you know, a new, a new bridge for me to, you know, cross over which at first felt really hard to get across. And now I'm on the other side of it. I'm like, wow, this is flipping awesome, like where I've come. And, you know, and it's folks like you that remind me where I came from. Um, So um, I'm excited. I'm excited about, you know, moving forward and taking all of these coaching, you know, principles to the rest of the world, quite frankly, because, you know, if you get it to the corporate level, it's going to leak out and, you know, we're going to start seeing change from a whole different manner um utilizing empathy as our biggest like strength and resource yes 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 first (laughs) of all thank you thank you for for sharing and for all of your kind words it's it's mutual affection and something i think that's really powerful about your story powerful for me especially is that within lumia we're such a big mirror for each other. Yes. And I see this happen so much where, you know, people come in to the organization and you just said, you've been working in the mindfulness space for 20 years. Yes. And so when, you know, when I, as a coach trainer, take a look at, you know, the barbs of the world, I see an advanced practitioner who's a powerhouse and what the gift of, coaching does is mirrors and reflects that right back at you so that you can see it too. And, yeah. and that's been the joy of expansion um, for, for all of us within our organization is to have a space where people take the time to mirror and reflect and say, look at how sparkling beautiful you are already. Thank you. You're going to get me crying all over again. Oh, I'm there. You know, it's not a podcast or anything that I do until there's tears, really. (laughs) Uh, So as as we're winding down, um, you know, I folks who are listening, they might be already on their path or they might be considering hopping on the path of coaching. 
what advice would you give to folks who are considering becoming a coach? So, um, I, one of the things that I, that I really love, which took me some time is really, it sounds so biblical, but know thyself. So just know yourself, right? Know what you are ready for, know what you're not ready for. Um, I think, you know, when, especially when we take courses, we're like, okay, I've, I've gone through the course. I should be able to take on clients now. And I think, um, it's not about how many clients you take. It's about how many, how much you learn from each experience, whether it's um, the first client that went well or the first client that went bad um, and knowing, you know, where your, where your strengths are best utilized. Like mm-hmm. I, like I know that I can, um, I'm really good with transition, but I'm probably not that great with, relationships right now like I don't actually I don't I don't promote myself as a relationship coach because um, I'm not in a relationship right now and the last relationship I had wasn't so great but I am a coach that can help somebody through change right all kinds of change Um, and so I think understanding you know where your strengths are and it comes from sort of looking deep it comes from again you know uh, understanding your own themes and, you know, working with um, books, your therapists, um, you know, uh, your groups, your coaching. And I think that is probably the best thing that you could do for yourself is work on yourself. And then from there, um, you, you come and you, you, you are basically coaching from a platform of so much strength that comes naturally and authentic to you, you know. Um, and, and, that's, and that's that's just my own experience. Like, I, I didn't try to stretch myself too much. Um, in terms of like, okay, I have to have a niche and it has to be very specific because I knew that over time that it was something that I was going to, it was going to become more clear as I went through the process. And every client that I took on or every client that worked out or didn't work out, I learned more about myself. So on that note, coach as many people as you can, right? Mm, um, yes. When, when you are done with this program, when you're in the program, throw yourself out there, go on to the different, um, you know, uh, community groups and on Lumia and coach, tell, you know, get people uh, to volunteer. And everyone's looking for, you know, peer coaching. Everyone has a friend who maybe could use some, you know, pro bono coaching. But the more you do it, and I say this after, you know, two, two and a half years of a pandemic of coaching close to 500 hours, how different it is now versus when I was doing my peer coaching in 2019. It's, mm. just, it's a rhythm. It's a dance that you do with clients. And it, and it takes practice like any skill. So absolutely, absolutely. Barb, thank you so much. And I, I know there are folks who are listening who want to work with you. So yes. where, where can we find you? So um, pretty easy. Um, my website is barbmatiashaines.com. So B-A-R-B-M-A-T-I-A-S-H-A-Y-N-E-S. I know that's a mouthful. Um, but you could also find me at Barbatias Haynes on Instagram. Um, and if you'd like to uh, email me directly, it's info at barbmatiashaines.com. Awesome. And we will have all of this information in the show notes so you don't have to rewind and take your notes down. So we'll have it <laughs> clickable for you. Barb, thank you. This was such a rich conversation. And um As always, I just appreciate your presence and your contributions, and I can't wait to do this again soon. 
Thank you, Noelle. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.